Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Venom on One Business University, and I am your host. I want to thank you guys for stopping by, passing by today. We've got a fun-filled show ahead. There's a lot of uh, topics that we're going to discuss. Today is about um, basically stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, I have a multitude of uh, situations that I want to discuss with everybody for today. We're starting the day off early. We're starting the day off right. We're starting the day disciplined. And we want to make sure that we win the first hour so that we win the day. So I'm going to peel back the layers to kind of let you guys know um, where I stand. Fix my equipment here. Let you guys know where I stand and kind of give you an idea of what's going on. So I have a business meeting scheduled for a little less than three hours from now. Um, this is a previous business that I had about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, a lot of changes have occurred. Some people have walked away. Some people have remained. Um, as obvious, the person that I identified as the cancer is still there. And um, some of the other people that contributed to the brand are gone because that's what cancers do. They, you know, take out all the good and keep all the bad. So I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, it's sad because nobody really cares about the business. You know, they're playing like a, a solo game. You know, they're, they're, they're all about self. And, you know, it's messed up because even my... One of my business partners, sorry, one of my business partners says this. They're like, oh, you know, the nice guys finish last, and you got to be an asshole to make it. <laughs> well, you see, I believe in good karma, right? So, yeah, that person might have an advantage um, as far as whatever they're getting away with, right? Maybe it could be a financial gain, but then long term, the karma, that energy becomes... Uh, a part of their lives. So they may fail in their marriage. They may fail in their relationships. They may fail in an investment. In other words, that money is no good because it's never going to multiply. It's never going to cultivate. It's never going to do anything other than be a temporary fix, like a temporary boost of, yeah, I did wrong and I made a lot of money, but uh, what about everything else, right? For me, and especially... At this point in my life, I'd rather have the whole complete package. You know, I don't just want the house. I want the perfect house. I don't just want the furniture. I want the best decorations I can have inside the home. I don't just want a car. I want a car collection. I don't just want an uh, investment or a collection of, of businesses. I want them all to be successful. So putting that into perspective, um, we're going to talk about forcing things, okay? So in my business meeting, of course, this business, um, the price is rather high. Uh, the actual um, cost per services is fairly low for the nonsense that a person will be dealing with. And um, in a sense, it's kind of like a default program. It's kind of like, you know what? If it works out, if it presents itself, I'll take the opportunity, but it's not a high priority, right? Because of the headache and the bullshit, and I feel like you don't need to force things. Um, again, this ownership is, is very 
close-minded, very blunt, abrupt, very rough around the edges. But that's the nature of the game, right? Now, for my second business, this is a previous business partner as well, around the same time frame, perhaps a little bit later than I left the first business. And um, this gentleman is just totalitarian. Um, he has three locations, which lets me know that, you know, he's under a lot of pressure financially. And um, he basically built the other two uh, based on, like, the slavery ship mentality of the first business. So he gets away with it in the first one. He does it in the second one. second one is a miss. It doesn't really go where he's planning for it to go but he knows that he's short term so he just needs it to create the third business so the third business is established and the second business is not necessarily successful the first one is still struggling because everything depends on that first one mind you there's two other separate businesses but they're all part of the same umbrella so it's five businesses all together so long story short the new business comes up and, of course, there's a proposal out for the business. So, you know, me and my company, we got the alert. And we're like, okay, we'll, we'll put a proposal together. We'll, we'll see if we could take the business. Guess what? He's dangling the third business in front of me. But he's offering me one of the first two businesses. Obviously, to his advantage, it would be for me to take over the second business, which was the miss. Okay, that's why you had to move on to the third one to try to save the second one because the first one can't maintain it. So me, being the businessman that I am, um, concerned with logistics for uh, travel time and, and uh, documentation, basically... I am aware of his situation financially. I know what's going on with the administration of the business. But most importantly, I would only negotiate hard for the third one because that's the pressure point. What I would like to secure is the first property because there's still room for growth left in that business. So this is a unique dynamic because obviously... Communication has been broken. Now, this is part of his uh, his business strategy. You know, so I already foresee him doing the switcheroni because when I asked him, you know, what's the rental price for the third business? He's like, oh, uh, such and such is the price for for this business, right? But you have to consider the fact that there's two businesses on that street. Let's say the street is, you know, um, uh, Albuquerque Street, right? So if I ask you the prices for Lake Titicaca, and you say, oh, Albuquerque Street's rent is this much, then that let me know. Like, And then I specifically asked the question. I said, is the rental rate the same for all three locations? To which I got no response. So... That left me in a situation where, you know, it's a cash 22. It's like, okay, I see what you're doing. You're you're biting off more than you could chew. You can pretend to the world whatever you want. You can drive the fanciest car. I know you can't afford the gas in it. Now, 
you're dangling the newest business because it's new construction. There's very to little, uh, I mean, very little to no cancer, right? You only have the people that have been there since inception, which is probably one or two people. I would be surprised if there's three people involved in that business. Now, because he's still in the exploration stage, he wants to build a partnership based on a percentage versus outright ownership, right? So, again, he's mentioning these other two properties, and I'm like, okay, well, if that's the case, I'm going to play your game. I'm going to apply all the pressure for business number three, and as soon as he tries to do the, the, the suturoni for business one and two, I'm going to say I'll take business number one. But I'll have negotiated all the hardball terms on business number three, which I know there's a higher chance he's not going to want to close that deal, even though that business does need uh, like new administration and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's an advantage to me. Now, should an entrepreneur with a fairly small company and a new company have to deal with mediocrity in order to grow, expand, and scale his or her business, sometimes we have to do the work that nobody wants to do. And that is the key to our success because obviously this person has not learned. You see, I've seen many entrepreneurs play this game. I had a business partner that when we would have business meetings, we had a staff of about 25 people. Now, there's three business partners. That's 28. Then there's like two or three family members. So we're in a meeting with like 30-something people, right? And this gentleman would literally take every business meeting down a trash can. He would say, oh, you know I can pay all of this overhead by myself. I can pay all these liabilities by myself. I can, I can pay this rent by myself with my eyes closed. Well, let me tell you how God is, right? First of all, he had made a mistake. So the IRS went into his bank account over back taxes. And they took a nice little uh, nest egg, right? So now you're naked. You're out in the street and you're homeless, right? So you don't have this income. That was the first downturn. The second downturn, it was the economy. The third downturn was the actual people were so frustrated with the neglect, the way that he was treating our business partners and our employees, that they all started to walk away, me being the first. Once I abandoned the ship, I knew that my legion and my clan was going to follow me. Even though that wasn't my intention, it was a tough lesson of love that this person had to literally learn the hard way. So the business collapsed. The business died. I mean, it was the worst death of a business I've ever witnessed in my personal life. Um, the shopping center died. I mean, this could have been an opportunity to capitalize, you know, a few million dollars because when the economy tanks and every other business is going out of business, all you need to do is implement your imagination. At the end of the day, that's all that you need to do. We would have been able to buy that property like that entire shopping center for pennies on the dollar. 
but we couldn't capitalize on it because the business that we established was failing. Mind you, we had expanded to a few other locations, and it was a similar situation. Those other locations were strong enough to sustain that particular investment, but the lack of vision, the lack of motivation, the lack of compassion and companionship, empathy or sympathy, you know, destroyed that business. So now I see myself using that as an example for this situation. You see, this gentleman is going to continue. And it will be business number four, business number five, until reality kicks in. And you can't play the credit card game. You're, you're, you're too heavy as far as being able to leverage. Or the banks are not looking at your personal loans and your credit card lines of credit or even the business lines of credit. They're not viewing it the same because they're saying, wait a minute. Look at your gross. Look at your overhead. What's your cash flow? This is kind of like, you know, you're holding on by, by hairpin. And you can continue to get another credit card and pay off the minimum balance owed on the credit card that you already maxed out on. And there's only so many times you can do that to where you have a domino effect, right? You have so many, you know, things depending on other things that are out of your control that the minute you miss that step, you lose everything. And this is the reality of the situation. So this gentleman is months away from going out of business. And instead of changing the business model to something more more productive, this person is continuing to try to grow, you know, horizontally when you should be growing lateral. You know, you, you got to go up, not left and right. So another observation that I made about logistics is that this business is based on three locations. They're all going eastbound. So even that is not strategic because if anything, you will want a Bermuda Triangle, right? You will want to cover markets that are strategically positioned. But for him, there was no follow-through. It was more like a, like a capitalizing on an opportunity. You know, if a business comes up, he just wanted to have a piece of the real estate, so he would just take over a business and you know, build it back out. But the reality is, is that all you're doing is accepting what are the leftovers of the actual market. So now I find myself in a position of power because I just got through a storm that literally ends today. After the logistics programs that I'm going to run today and tomorrow, I'll have full data points and results no later than next week, maybe the week after, which is fairly fast for a new technology company that's constantly adjusting to the market and what's going on. So now I get to fully decide and determine which property would be the best for the long term because this is going to be a long-term play. So the question becomes, not what business do I take today, 
What business do I make a proposal to? What business do I close a deal with, etc.? It's going to be based on what's going to be the, the best business in two weeks, maybe three weeks. Why? Because within a month, now I'm in a position of power. I can get this business going while my other businesses are maturing, my other investments. And within two or three months, I'm going to cash out big time. You know, I have some investments that mature like in 90 days. I have some investments that mature like in 60 days. I got some investments that mature in about five, six months. So I already see the promised land of milk and honey already on the way. So now the pressure is relieved. Now I could just sit back and watch the movie. I can analyze the situation. If it's not beneficial, I can pivot. I can move away from it. Simple as that. Now, out of the two businesses, the first one is probably more wild, harder to secure. The second one with the three locations, because of the situation that I understand today, three months from now, this person is going to be in more of a dire necessity. And not necessarily that I'm banking on that. doesn't mean that that's what I want to look forward to, but it's just the reality. Um, sometimes I've told my alumni, like, business is not for everybody, and it may not be for you. Anybody can do it, but um, there are certain key elements that you need in place for you to be super-duper successful, and that is a very important factor to consider. You know, like, we've had a heat wave for the last week or so but for the last two or three days it's been ridiculous a lot of people don't even factor in how that's affecting business because of this heat wave sales were down 47 percent so for every thousand dollars you lost about 470 bucks so if you budgeted for five grand and you're seeing 2700 2,800, that's a huge setback. Let's say you could do that in a week. Now it's going to take you two or three weeks to do the same. And the extras that you thought you would have in two or three weeks don't exist. They're gone, and guess what? They're not coming back. People have uh, basically looked for different ways to execute you know on their on their business ideas and business approaches and business ventures etc so this is a lot to take in this is a lot to factor in when you consider all of the known variables imagine when you combine that with the unknown variables what happens then So, it's like getting an iced coffee with a little bit of ice. And the heat of the coffee melts the ice away. So, now you got like water and coffee. Kind of like that. Now, I take pride in surrounding myself with excellence, right? So, I think about property number two. And it's open canvas because... This potential business partner is so busy trying to keep it all together that there's no opportunity for growth in that sense. There's nothing to learn there. 
It's just implementing the same systems and building the business for the time that I'm involved with the business or the investment, right? For the first um, business, it's similar. Um, part of it could be more of a comfort zone. At the same time, when I walked away from the business, I kept in contact with most of the people in the business. And eventually, after some time, people began to reveal themselves. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if I was to return to that business, it would never be the same because I was genuine from the beginning. I really put my heart in these people's hands. Um, I really did everything I could to build that business to where it should have been. And in the end, like I said, you know, the cancers are still there. People are playing the same game. And it's not a news or a surprise to me. This is not a new element. This is proof, irrefutable proof, that that was the system in place the whole time. That while I was, you know, convening my heart and showcasing the best of myself, each one of these uh, people were always thinking about self. Um... We say things like the truth doesn't hurt, accepting it does. It took time for me to accept that. So as funny as it will be, you know, the initial few days where people make the jokes and you laugh about it, as funny as that is, I mean business 100%. And after that initial conversation, they wouldn't realize that that is the only conversation. You know, like I will work with my headphones on. And ignore you and avoid you like the plague on purpose. Because you are not genuine enough to become part of the circle of love in my heart. You know, if you have my back and if you believe in me, I'm going to make you a millionaire. I'm going to show you. You rock with me, I'm going to rock with you to the end, ride or die. You know, there's another property that I have on standby. And it's because I don't want to lose the friendship the friendship is so good that I, I wouldn't want business to tarnish that and that is kind of my my situation like okay I could take over the business but what what about when I need to travel what about when I need to go all the systems that I can implement you know that person or that group of people will be hard-pressed to to follow suit meaning when I'm gone what are they going to do are they so overly dependent on me that it will make it difficult for me to leave? Well, that's the reason why I wanted business partners and I didn't want to go into the business on my own because I physically cannot be there. For me, it is more of an investment. You know, whether I take over a business and I implement my systems and my franchise uh, standards, I need to be able to move. I need to be able to pivot and focus my mind on other things and I need to be able to rely on my business partners to predominantly take care of the business when when I'm not there you know if I'm not there I don't want to travel with the worry or the concern that something is going to go wrong in that business while I'm opening new opportunities so you know when it comes to my music career my technology company we're a global company you know this is not a job or a position where you're going to get a paycheck guaranteed every day. Whatever contracts I close, that's how I make my money. 
if I don't close a deal, if I don't close a contract, if I don't take over a business, if I don't buy into a business, I'm not going to have a piece of that business. And I haven't worked for anybody in over 20-something years, so I'm not going to start now. You know, I don't want a position where I'm going to feel like I'm an employee, but yet I'm coming out of pocket. I'll give you a wild card example. One time I had taken over a business, you know, and had a joint venture. It began as a 50-50 partnership, but I, I started to sell more and more of my shares of the business because I figured out that my strategy to exit the business was not going to pan out. Well, a situation occurred, sadly, due to the competition and the vicious competition. You know, a competitor pulled the power move in an attempt to cripple us, basically got the business in the middle of a lawsuit. So now this business is ticketed, is fined. Um, you know, the amounts that the state is asking for are ridiculous. We're risking losing the business and everything else. Remember that I went from a 50-50 joint venture to owning 45%, 40%, 35%, etc., all the way down to when I cashed out. And let me tell you how God is, man. I had the money in my pocket that day. I just so happened to have run some errands. I had gone to the bank. I think I may have cashed out some of my investments that day, or maybe I took a loan against my investments, and I just happened to have the cash. If certain key elements had been in position, I would have had no problem to say, listen, not only am I your business partner, but I'm truly your friend, and I truly want the success of this corporation. So here's the money. Let's keep pushing forward. You know, I could go on and on and on. For some reason, that didn't work out. It didn't pan out. And in the future, God proved to me why he didn't place it in my heart to do that. Um, again, I was still able to maintain a friendship and even help this person with new businesses and business ventures that... This, this group of people had opened up in the future. But it just goes to show you, you know, sometimes you got to give things a little bit of time to kind of see what you have and what you're working with. So, you know, looking back now, I'm proud of myself because I made the right decisions, even though it financially it might have not been the best. Sociopolitically, it may have been looked down upon or frowned upon. Looking back today, look at the reality. You know, if I'm your business partner for two or three years and we're no longer business partners, right? But then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years pass and you still have my friendship. What does that tell you about the business relationship? What did that tell you about that bond initially? That lets you know I always had your best interests at heart. I was always there for you as a friend. And again, with the situation where, where we find ourselves being fined by the city and, and sued by the state, I was there. Another wild card example is uh, I had another gentleman who's a friend of mine, businessman, very well off, you know, successful entrepreneur. He got into a dispute with another friend of mine who's an artist. He's a musician, musical artist. And he said, do you remember 
who was there for you at your worst times. I'm not the guy that's going to celebrate you when everything is great and the party is going on. I'm the guy that's going to celebrate with you and help you get back on your feet when all the doors close up. When everybody leaves the party and nobody wants to clean up in the end, that's when I'm going to show you who I am. Not in the best times. Anybody can be close to you during the best times. But what about the worst times? You know, I'm from New York, so I'm I'm built a little bit different. You know, when I give, I give it all. You know, when I'm when I support is with everything that I do. And it doesn't matter what business venture we are invested in or you know what we're pursuing at the time. Any other business structure that I have, it's automatically geared to help us. So let's say we own a car dealership together, but I have a restaurant. It wouldn't hurt me. In fact, I would encourage parking a few of my top-of-the-line vehicles in, in valet, in VIP, and put a little business card. You know, if you're interested in buying this car, you know, Come see me at this business. Remember, nobody's paying for marketing space. Nobody is paying for promotion or, or advertisement. That's just an idea that I will have. It's like, okay, me and you own a restaurant together, but I own a fabrics company where we make curtains and custom bed sheets and pillowcases, etc. Well, guess what? For your business, I would cater the service to make the mantles for each table. I would make the custom draperies and uh, uh, what do you call that? Like the curtains for the business. I would use it on the decorative uh, rain gutter guards. You know how they're like plain Jane metal or whatever. I would drape them in fabric just because you're my business partner. You know, let's say one of my business partners wants to take a business trip. They want to travel and prospect, right? to go look at other business uh, ventures and opportunities, I would 100% support. And I would bring in my other business partners to see how we can put our minds together to invest in new businesses. Remember, I eat what I kill. If I don't close a deal, I'm not going to make a dime. That's not going to discourage me. It's not going to stop me from attempting to close every single deal. But that's the reality. A lot of people work for corporate America. They have the comfort and the, the, the safety zone of having a paycheck every two weeks. I can't rely on that. I have a family that's too big. $100,000, dollars $300,000 a year is not going to cut it for me. You know? On my kids, I'll spend that in a fucking few weeks. And that's just the truth. You know what I realized with this new generation? They don't know shit about taxes. They have no fucking idea. That is one of the biggest and most powerful elements of your success. Evading taxes is illegal. Avoiding unnecessary taxation is everyone's responsibility. What good is you being the Michael Jordan of your field and the greatest and the Tom Brady of your field if you're losing it all in taxes? Um, I have seen an excerpt online for uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is describing how, you know, he signs this ridiculous contract. He finally admitted to the public how much they took out in taxes because there was no succession plan, no estate planning, no um, diversifying of his portfolio. 
You know what it is to fucking get a check for hundreds of millions of dollars and 56% of that shit is gone? You didn't even put your hands on it. It happens every day. It happens all the time. And it happens to millions and millions of people. Again, a good business partner that may be more experienced than you in a completely different field. In this example, tax code. Right? They'll give you the insight. I remember giving the tax code to one of my business partners. Like, you want to know what's one of the secrets to my success? Learn the fucking tax code. I'm in so many different businesses and so many different jurisdictions. I need to know how much taxes are over here versus over there. Because guess who does my taxes? I do my taxes. Guess who does the taxes for my family? I do the taxes for my family. Guess who does the taxes for my businesses? I do the taxes for my businesses. And I've been doing this for a very long time. So if you're my business partner, what am I going to suggest? That you go to fucking H&R Block? And you use QuickBooks? <laughs> Yo, I said to God, man. This is not a pop-up shop. It's not like you have a business in the fucking swap meet. You get what I'm trying to say? This is not like you have in a store on Amazon or eBay. This is real shit. You have a corporation. You got to pay taxes. You can get into contracts. You can buy and sell things. You can hire people. You can negotiate things. You have all the rights of a human being, but it's just a corporation. And you might be paying fucking 39% in tax, but if we start a corporation, we could be paying 11%. You want to give away 24, 25% because of your pride and ego, because you're not willing to ask for help? That's your own prerogative. That's your problem. You live with that. You take that to the back, not me. I don't want to gross half a million dollars and net 37000 it does nothing for me to go to a dealership and buy a fancy car because, oh, my God, look at this growth. But how much is staying behind in the pot? You think Uncle Sam and the United States government and the IRS is not your business partner? You're out of your fucking mind. And don't worry. We all learned the hard way. All it takes is for them to go into that bank account and just collect what they're entitled to or what they feel they're entitled to because now you got to dispute that you have these write-offs, that you have these incentives, that you have these itemized deductions so that it's not hurting the bottom line of your business. But you didn't know this. This is your first business venture. Maybe it's your fourth or your fifth, but it's not the same as it being your 100th uh, business venture, your 200th uh, business venture. For every successful business I own today, I have 44 failures. And I'm so fucking proud to tell you that because I have very thick skin and it builds character very fast. Sometimes you can't outsmart things. Your killer good looks are not going to cut it. You have to have stamina to be successful. You cannot make it easy for the competition to, you know, take your market position and your market space, even if it's emotional and psychological real estate. You know, I study franchises and brands. Why have I, after traveling the world, zoomed in and focused on a few brands? I'll give you an example. Wildcard number one. 
What are my favorite clothing brands? I've traveled the world, made millions of dollars, I could buy whatever the fuck I want. In fact, in my music, I rap about it, I sing about it. Any brand, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Prada, this, that, and the third. In order. For business, Joseph A. Banks. Best in the league, unless it's custom made. Custom is different. Number one. Um, number two, Banana Republic. Number three, G by Guess. That's my wild card. Number four, should be number one, The Gap. Not even Old Navy, with the reputation for quality that they have, has the prestige of The Gap. I'm not surprised Kanye West came to uh, an agreement with them. They make really good shit. At the same time, there's brands that you can buy in a place like Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco. To give you an example, in the same way that multimillionaires are documented, cardholders for JCPenney, Sears, um, Macy's, Dillard's, uh, amongst many more. But those right there are your core line followers. Those people go from zero to the deck of millions supporting those brands. Now, aside from those, which I consider the baseline, I have those. Why Joseph A. Banks? Gets the job done. Very competitively. Banana Republic top-of-the-line shit, a bargain when you compare it to, like, a Tom Ford. Because you got to put shit into perspective. G by guess, that's as fancy as I'll get. As far as Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada, those are premier wildcard brands. The Gap, all-arounder, all-American, like Lee Dungarees and Levi Jeans, they're in that vein. Good shit that lasts a, a, a good amount of time. The price is great. It's worth every fucking penny that you pay for it. Do the research into the material, into the construction, how they sold things together and shit like that. Where do you think companies like Nautica and Tommy Hilfiger got the idea of, okay, this is the standard. We can only go above this. We can't go below that. You look at companies like Urban Outfitters and um, American Eagle and Abercrombie and & Fitch. They know that they have to follow that guideline. They got to give you better quality than, let's say, Victoria's Secret or even Old Navy. And guess what? They're all under the, the, the same limited brands, all under the same umbrella. Why is that? Why are they so successful? Why are they still relevant? When this is a company that I've been following closely since the 80s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, now in the deck of 2000s, four Dominican generations, maybe two or three generations by your standards. But just to give you an example, some errors have to be built in three to five, maybe six, seven years. Some brands don't have the luxury of waiting 10 years to, to make a splash in the water. You got to measure twice so you can measure 12 times so you can cut once. These are those type of brands. I'll give you an example with sports cars, a wild card example, because as you all know, I love cars. 
and I'm a car collector. So I would hear things from my mentors like everybody doesn't want a BMW. I think I, I say that shit at least once a day. Your dreams are of your own choosing and your own quantity and under your circumstances. They're going to be completely different for a million people, right? A consumer uh, product that's so complex as a vehicle can be a million things to a million people. I would hear things in a similar fashion that the Porsche guy is not a Ferrari guy. The Ferrari guy is not a Lamborghini guy. Let's take Lamborghini and Porsche because they're both from Italy as an example. Because Porsche, I think, as much as any collector could be in denial, you know that that is the ultimate and the final frontier. Because it is the beginning. The 911, 356, the 550, that, those are the original sports cars. There's nothing like them. There's no company like them. No company has won more victories, more championships than they have. In as many divisions all over the world since inception, right? Now... There was a time where I couldn't understand. You know, people say things like, when you want to be somebody, you buy a Ferrari. When you are somebody, you buy a Lamborghini. Well, the reality is, even in Italy, the Ferrari guy would never dare to drive a Lamborghini, would never consider owning a Lamborghini. Vice versa, the Lamborghini guy would never even consider a Ferrari, would never even consider uh, owning one, leasing one, buying one, adding it to their collection. At this age in my life, maybe when I was younger, when Pininfarina was still designing for Ferrari, I could have entertained the idea of buying a Ferrari. You know what I think about Ferraris? And this, this was a slow process for me to reach this conclusion. They are fucking hideous. The cars are disproportionate. I like certain features about them. Again, I like the older ones way better than the new shits. And the new shits are faster, fancier, brighter colors. Nah, the old shits is better. It could be Pininfarina. It could be the philosophy of every design and every vehicle that's been launched. But reality is, now, when I think about a Lamborghini, that completely changes the the dynamic of of the engagement for me. I would pay a premium for any Lamborghini over any Ferrari. And that just goes to show you it took maturity for me to accept what was always a reality. Only looking back could I reflect on that situation and understand why that decision has been made because today I can go buy one if I wanted one. And I'd rather buy a Corvette than buy a Ferrari. But I can't say that about a Lamborghini. And I definitely cannot say that about any Porsche. It doesn't matter. If it's a Boxster, a Cayman, a Taycan, a 911, a Turbo, a Carrera, Carrera 4, Carrera 4S, Turbo S, you know, I did an article yesterday for Future Tech Plus. I put the exclusive series Roadster on the cover in the gold with the with the black racing stripes. I don't even like racing stripes on something as classic as a Porsche, but it's beautiful. So, putting that into perspective, 
it goes back to the inception of our conversation for today. Only looking back could I really evaluate each situation. In the first business, there was a lot of foul play involved. Things that I wasn't privy to, things that I wasn't even paying attention to. In the second business, it was more like a strategic business move. But I was able to separate myself from the situation for the simple fact that I knew there was no growth long term. Now, now that the business has a price, now that it's for sale, even in a partnership, the dynamic changes because we're talking about ownership now, not just a partnership. We're talking about forming a corporation that it's a limited liability corporation. It's a limited partnership. It has an exit strategy for all parties, but it shows maturity at the CEO level. Corporate America, super, super successful Fortune 500 companies, the majority of them need leadership. And your credentials can only get you but so far. Your killer looks can only do but so much. At the end of the day, you need leadership to build a brand, to build a structure. Everyone must move in the same direction and at the same time. And any time that you have a collective that is not doing that, you have guaranteed failure. Because the business may not fail this week, this month, this year. But will it be around in 25 years? I highly doubt it. Because those are secret ingredients, hidden elements that you may only find the hard way. You may learn in the toughest way that good people are hard to find. Maybe you meet the woman of your dreams. You mistreat that person. That person leaves you. Now you find yourself trying to replace something that is priceless, that is irreplaceable, and to no luck because there's only one of those people in the known universe. You understand me? And all you can do is make a choice. You either learn from the situation, right? You allow it to help you become a better person. You learn from it and you live by that new standard. And you never allow yourself to underestimate a human being. You never allow yourself to mistreat somebody that cares about you, loves you, and is ride or die for you. Ride or die means somebody that puts their heart on the table. Win, lose, or draw. They're going to be with you in the good times, at the top of the mountain peak and the valley, or at the bottom of the river. This year, next year, five years from now, 15 years from now, 25 years from now. That is the reality. You want to know who your friends are. Wait till challenging times come. You want to know who's really there for you. Wait until 
all of these things are not perfect, are not peaches and cream. Decide from there. Judge people's characters in the eye of the storm. When it's rough, when there is no client, when all you have is the overhead. Because a business, just like the waves that hit the shoreline, yes, they do moisturize the shoreline, but they also take a part of the sand back into the ocean. So what happens when the business stops being profitable, stops producing income, cash flow, even negative cash flow? What happens when the business turns around and becomes a liability? Where all you have at the end of the month is overhead. The mortgage, electricity, water, internet, cable, alarm system. You need products. You need supplies. You need services. You need, you know, an employee mania. You know, you need a collective of people. You need marketing. You need promotion. You need distribution. What happens when all that shit is a fucking expense? And the business is not making a profit. The business is not neutral. Where at least it pays for its overhead. Now the business is a negative. What you going to do now, tough guy? Oh, you thought you was tough? (laughs) You thought you could pay the rent on your own? Let me tell you what happened to that previous business partner. Eventually, he prophesied his demise. He paid that rent for that business by himself mismanaged his funds and drove the business to the fucking ground. Drove the business to the ground. This person's pride and ego was so big they wouldn't even allow a new business partner to come in, take over the business or a new entrepreneur to cast them out at fair market price and value. When I tried to take over the business, remember, we were in a business partnership. There was three of us. I walked away, so two people remained. Then those two business partners went their own separate ways. So I was going to join one business partner, making us two, and we were going to take over the business. Do you know that this person, once they got a wind of it, went and changed the contracts for the lease to make it more difficult for us to you know, basically take over the lease, etc. And started to take equipment that we had for our business to a new business venture that he started behind everyone's back with a previous employee of ours. Chose to make that person a business partner because he was more able to manipulate and control that person. So again, everything about his success is adulterated. It's all perverted. It's all arterial motives. It's all how can I get advantage? Not how we can be successful. How can I control the narrative? How can I control the situation? How can I control these people and do what the fuck I want to do? Have my cake and eat it too. So make my profits off of your fucking hard work and efforts and control the whole narrative and I don't have to be successful social politically. I don't have to be successful in the market. I don't have to be poli- uh, 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 successful where I'm politically correct. I just have to make my profit off you. 
I just have to abuse my staff. I just have to continue this fucked up ass behavior and use every excuse to not do what's right. In the sense that this person was a proclaimed super religious God-fearing person. But when it came to business, he will fucking cut your throat in a second. I feel that if you're going to be a person of God, it should be in all the things that you do. And that also makes my business more difficult because I hold people to a higher standard. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. I don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. I don't have to agree. My job is to understand. My job is to convey that to you. I could have 20 more businesses than what I have today. And I only have a few companies. I have more investments than anything else. But if it takes for me to have the bad karma and for me to have to do people wrong and step over the fucking little guy, well, fuck that shit. I don't need the money that bad. I don't need to do that. I don't need to make my money like that. I don't want that energy in my life. I don't want that shit boomeranging back to destroy me. And that's what's happening. There are things that were in my control. Like there were things that were not in my control. And in the end, God has the final word. So guess what? In two weeks, financially, I'm going to be in a better position to make a better decision. Why should I make a decision today based on what is today's gain? What is today's advantage? Or what is today's growth? When there is no growth in the near future. I set a standard for myself. I said, listen, there's some franchises available. It is the equivalent to my nuclear codes. I haven't gone all in because I've been busy with this other industry and this other business. I told myself, you know what? These are going to be my last proposals. Based on the feedback that I get, I'm going to make a decision. And if these two businesses or three do not respond to me in a timely fashion, if nothing is solidified that can establish growth for myself personally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and for the business and for the investment, if it's not going to help people in and within the business, around the business, for my customers, for my clients, I'm not interested. I focus on the franchises. And that will leave me no choice but to then focus back on my technology company, focus back on my musical career. Because at the end of the day, I'm putting my foot down. I don't want to go through another fucking year of the same shit. I don't want to go through another moment dealing with the same fucking headaches. Sometimes when God removes people out of your life, it's for a reason. And again, you don't have to like it. I don't have to like it. You don't have to agree. I don't have to agree. But you should understand. So, you heard the counter, right? This has happened in the last few days because the stress, the processing power, the uh, situation, the circumstances have called for that. It has called for me to address these things on this spectrum. Now, I'm going to play the devil's advocate, right? If I was outside of myself, if you were outside of yourself, and you had to give yourself the greatest advice, 
Meaning, if I had to give myself the greatest advice, what would be my advice? Keep pushing forward. You know who you are. And you know what you bring to the table. It's as simple as that. Don't settle for a penny less than what you're worth. You know? And keep pushing forward. Do not surround yourself with negative people. Nothing good is ever going to come from that. Nothing good will ever stem from that. For the simple fact that it is the equivalent of planting a seed among stones. And maybe the 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 residue, the fucking lava charcoal around a volcano. You can't plant a fucking apple there. It's gonna burn. You can't go to Stonehenge and fucking plant green peas and shit. It's never gonna grow. It's not the right setting, it's not the right environment. Do not allow yourself to make a decision irrationally without thinking it through because it may be the shit to do it today, but what about tomorrow? Are you going to feel instant regret when you sign that contract? Are you going to be feeling crazy around people and fucking thinking the craziest shit when people have already revealed themselves to be who they are? When people show you who they are, believe them. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. I don't think it's a helicopter. When somebody has gone out of their way to be mean, belittling people, bullying people, aggressive, you know, putting people down, constantly just beating some some other person down, maybe you don't want to do business with that person. Maybe that bad karma and that bad energy that that person has in their lives can rub onto you. What are you going to do? What can you do differently so that you don't have to worry about those things? It's simple. If you don't open the door to the devil, he can't come in. Because when the devil does some bullshit, he has to ask permission. And every time you tell a demon, God bless you, you're relieving it from its duty. Whether the devil's trying to prove a point to God like he did with Job. Oh yeah, Job loves you because you give him everything. Let me destroy him. God said, all right, take everything away from Job. Just don't kill him. The devil had Job's wife saying, just curse God and die. (laughs) That nigga Job said, you foolish woman. (laughs) What the fuck is you talking about? (laughs) You don't understand that the fucking... Creator of this universe makes this whole shit happen, makes this whole fucking shit work. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I don't give a fuck what you say about me. I don't give a fuck what you do, what you did, and what you're going to do. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know I have a good heart and a good head on my shoulders. And I'm going to walk through life by faith and not by sight. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to bust my ass. Whether I have to wash dishes or park cars at the airport. Whether I have to do landscaping or construction. As long as my body physically allows for me to do it, I have no problem in working hard. I'm coachable. You can teach me shit. I can learn. I want to learn. I want to get better every day. 
but most importantly, my success is driven by being around the very best of the best when it comes to people. I don't need to be the owner. I don't need to be in the spotlight. I don't need to be the big name on the billboard on the side of the corporate building. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. I care about the people around me. So in a weird way, indirectly, God has granted me this unique opportunity to be able to answer the question, do I even want to be around these people? Do I even want to be in that situation? Do I need to remind myself of how the fuck I felt when I was there? Dealing with the bullshit that I was dealing with when I was there? Maybe I didn't have a choice when I came, but now I got a choice. I've already faced my fucking demons. I know what's the worst that could happen. Maybe I lose my house. I lose my businesses. I lose my car. I lose the lights, the water, the cable, the internet, whatever. I may lose my fucking socks. But I don't have a problem with that. That's the worst that could happen. I could get all that shit back. I get another house, get another car, get another pair of socks. I'll get another opportunity. They arise every single day. What the fuck is the point of surrounding myself with negative things and negative people? Nothing good is ever going to come from a negative situation. I have a choice now. I can say, you know what? Thank you, but no thank you. I could do bad all by myself. After everything I brought to this company, everything I put on the table, I still got the worst possible situation. Why even waste my time? Why even consider some bullshit like that? How about fuck that shit? How about I could do bad by myself? How bad I don't need that shit? Because it's always sweeter when you can say no. Some people say yes for fear of saying no. I don't have that problem. That shit ain't working out. That shit ain't working out. That's not the place to be. That's not the place for me. That's it. This is nothing personal. This is nothing out of this world. This shit happens every day. I made a decision to leave a place where I had so much love, trust, and bond, and honor, and brotherhood. All the good qualities were there. And I didn't want to jeopardize that out of respect to that relationship, to that, even the friendship. Fuck the business partnership. I didn't want to tie that to a business that could succeed or it could fail. And the business can be here today and gone tomorrow. But that friendship, that bond, that trust, that belief, that support, that understanding, that relatability, I can't find a price tag for that. It is priceless. Peace of mind, priceless. I've gotten this far. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. This is a standard. I'm going to give it to you as a wild card. I smoke weed. I'm a vegetarian. I puff the magic dragon. Okay? I'm the fucking Green Ranger. When you're a cannabis patient and you're responsible to have your medical marijuana card, you need to be in a peaceful, calming, 
environment where you're going to be nurtured, where you can flow and flourish and just be yourself. I cannot fucking smoke weed and be in a negative fucking environment or connotation around negative people. That's going to damage my mental health. I need peace of mind. Imagine being in a fucking business that you fucking hate driving to. I used to hate driving to that place. I used to dread the the freeway and the highway and the local roads and the basic roads and the back roads. It was just fucking torture driving there. It was like pulling fucking teeth. And it was nothing personal. It was all business. Because my happiness was not there. I was not happy there. I made a little bit of money in the beginning and then it was garbage. So even the money was bad. Do I even want to be around those people? Those people are not my friends. Those people don't care about me. In fact, they're going to feel like they've, they've won if they see me return to that business. They don't recognize that I have a company and I have a partnership with the ownership and it's really a sign that the owner is, is not doing his numbers. He's not making the money he's supposed to be making. Or the money that he made when I was in the business. But that's not the way they perceive it. That's not how they're going to manifest and behave when they think about it or when they talk about it or when they do something related to the business. Think about it. I could be in denial myself, but the decision is very clear to me. This shit is very clear. I have no motherfucking business even considering to go to that place. That's location number one. Location number two is simple. Listen, this is the offer. I'm going to fucking format the whole shit here for you. Yes or yes. My first offer is always my best offer. Some people, you got to chew the fucking food and feed it to them. If I send you a fucking business proposal before I, I even waste another minute with your bullshit, you either sign on the dotted line or you move on. It's simple as that. This is nothing personal. This is business. I'm at a point in a moment of my life where no fucks are given. That's it. We're going to conclude with this. And we're going to continue our module. So I got you. Don't worry. I got your back. I have my catalog. Everybody understands somewhat. Some are still in doubt and worry. Some go out of their way not to understand what the fuck I'm saying. And it's real simple. I got 5,000 records... 5,000 songs in my current catalog. That says a million things about me without me saying anything. As far as me being an artist, a writer, a composer, an engineer, an entrepreneur, a businessman, all that shit at once. I'm a World Guinness record contender. You can't even take that away from me. You, you just can't even take that away from me. When I get certified, of course, the whole fucking world is going to call my phone. Same number. They're all NFTs. They all have an advantage technologically that 
you know, most businesses don't have. And we were early adopters of the technology, okay? Now, I presented to one of the top five people in the world that I believe can handle the, the catalog. This person basically told me, I don't represent the catalog. I said, listen, I'll give you a portion of the company at zero cost to you. I had to corner this person and say, listen, I had a shark from the shark tank, which shall remain anonymous. And I offered them 15%. You know what's the best part? No capital investment. In other words, I got my own fucking money. I'm investing my own motherfucking money. I'm bringing you a bag of fucking diamonds. Priceless, flawless diamonds. Unique, one of a kind. The biggest in the biggest quantity. The best quality. You have to be a special somebody. And maybe I'm misjudging you. You have to be a special somebody to walk away from that. That's like somebody saying, listen, I have a gasoline station franchise. I have 5,000 locations. We're trying to diversify our portfolio and invest into other things and in different ways. I would like for you to get involved. Bring your insight. Bring your network. Bring all of your sequencing. Bring your guidance. Bring your advice. I'm going to give you 15% of the company for nothing. If you go by the catalog, what's 15% of 5,000? That's 750 records. That's more music than you have in your entire career as, you know, the representative of music that you are, the ambassador of music that you are. You yourself have not composed 15% of a catalog the size of mine. Now, this is historical shit. This is NFT technology. This is World Guinness right here. This is worldwide tour. This is me putting up millions of dollars of my own money. And if we secure a deal, guess what? I'll guarantee it. I'll guarantee your 15% that I'm offering you with 80% of my 85%. I'll live off 5%. So if the deal is worth $300 million, I'll live off 15%. I'm sorry, I'll live off 5% which is $15 million. I'll secure your 15%, which is $45 million. And you know how I would do that? By taking the total of $240 million and putting it right back into the investment. You want a better business partner than me, my friend? It does not exist. You will not find a better business partner than me. Before I make a decision, I think about all of the people involved in that contract. My business partners first, my clients second, even though my top priority is always my clients. You know why I can be first to put myself last? Because I know long term exactly where I'm going and exactly what I'm going to do. And that's it. That's the only way that I have to break it down to you. That's the only way that I have to explain it to you, you either fucking get it and you understand or you go out of your way to not get it and to not understand and to not grow from it. 
Look at this gentleman. He's driving the fucking, the Lexus version of the Land Cruiser. We know for a fact overseas, them shits go through fucking Blanca's jungle without a scratch on the paint job. I guarantee you that person is worth 15 to $20 million. I'll bet money that this person is worth more than that in assets combined. Because of the mentality that his actions display to me. The peace of mind with which he's driving. He's not trying to fit the mold. He doesn't give a fuck what you think about him or say about him or gesturize about him. He knows his bottom line at the end of the day. And we're not talking about financial value. I am the equivalent of that. You see, in my music career, I could have a Toyota Camry and a Honda Accord as my marketing strategy. Because everybody knows if I want a Koenigsegg, if I want a Pagani, if I want a fucking Remax, I can buy it. The problem is the emotional attachment, the meaning that I give to buying that car is what will hold me back or push me forward. You see, you can put me inside of a Toyota Camry or a Honda Accord and I'll beat your ass on the track. You know why? Because I'm a better driver with less than 200 horsepower. You will be scratching your head. I'll give you a fucking Porsche and you won't be able to beat me on the track. But again, life is about choices. People choose to have that mentality. People choose to go out of their way and look at shit a certain way. Well, guess what? I'm at a different point in my life. I'm about to go on this worldwide tour. I fucking went through the itinerary. I got 120 different fucking countries to perform my music in. I got 600 shows lined up. And that's only doing five shows in every country. Meaning five sub-markets in that market. If I just do two performances in every market, I'll have 1,200 shows. The projected profit is well over $2 million, and it can only be more. See, that's the beauty of it. It can only be more. I was watching a a financial breakdown of, of what we should charge, and it spoke about musicians, you know, charging whatever they could until they started traveling, until they started figuring out gasoline costs money, the rental car costs money, the tour bus costs money, flights hotels, wardrobe, this, that, and the third, and the list goes on and on and on. So they couldn't say, well, we can do it for this much because logistic-wise, they could no longer afford with families to be pulling out out of their pocket every single time that they have an event. So if you have something better than what the market has to offer, you have the right to charge what you're charging. For example, I have 5,000 songs. I can cater my performance to your venue. It's harder for me to administrate my catalog when I have to work so hard to be specific to basically um, have that uh, have that uh, show or that program be catered to to your particular venue. Yet I can do it. No other artist can do that because they don't have the music and they're not willing to do that even if they have enough music to do so because they're living in this fantasy world that they're better than the rest and whatever, whatever. I don't have none of those issues. 
As much as I want to put diamonds on a bracelet, it does nothing for me. I would not put diamonds on a fucking Rolex. Everybody doesn't want a BMW. No, I would never drive a Ferrari if I had a choice to drive a Lamborghini. I am a Lamborghini guy. I'm not a Ferrari guy. Ferraris are nice. I love them. Most of them. Like the older ones better. But I'm a Lamborghini guy. Always been a Lamborghini guy my entire life. For 30 years of my 40 years of existence, probably more than that. Maybe 35 years. I think I've been a Lamborghini guy since the fucking Transformers. You know, a few of them are Lamborghinis. Countach's. That's all I need to tell you. I've been a Lamborghini guy since then. You know? So, for me, it's very crucial and very critical for me to make the best possible potential decision that I can make because so much is at stake. One of the standards I placed for myself before I chose the franchises was I need a place where I can have a Kronos collection, a Pagani collection, and now all the Turbillion watches that I want to collect in my collection. If I can't be in a place where I can at least get a San Martin, how am I going to get a Tudor or Longines or even Citizen? How am I ever going to be able to afford a Rolex? And I don't mean money-wise. I don't mean the actual item, the materialistic thing that I may be using for personal motivation. No. I mean, what is the meaning of that status? What am I becoming? Not what am I getting in that business? What am I becoming there? Like Jim Rohn says. Am I supposed to be the class clown? Am I supposed to be entertaining people? Educating people? Giving them the fucking game of life? For them to shit on me? That's supposed to be my position? I got to be the bottom feeder in the totem pole? Well, fuck that shit. I'm the gentleman with the technology company. I'm the gentleman with the 5,000 song catalog. I'm the artist. I could wrap my fucking ass off. My catalog is bigger than the majority of artists. You know, I got more albums than they have songs. Than they have verses. Than they have bars. You know, if I have 7,000 songs, I will have 1,000 albums. So I'm 2,000 songs from having 1,000 albums. You know what that means? I'm three quarters of the way. I'm probably at seven, 800 albums. Probably 2,400 EPs. Probably 3,000 mixtapes and 6,000 singles. Out of a potential 7,000. Don't want to confuse you guys. I'm going to give you the School of Hard Knocks. I'm going to give you the Dominican numbers. And I'm going to give you the Pepperdine Mathematical Scientific Calculator numbers. It's all about the perspective that you use, the meaning that you give to things. So is this a curse or is this a blessing? Is this an opportunity or is this a failure? What is it that I'm dealing with here? I have two previous business partners offering me two completely different things. One place probably pulls ahead as far as where I shouldn't be. So that's easy. That's easily eliminated. The other place is simple. You either take the fucking deal or you don't. And if you don't take the deal, 
I'm going to continue to prospect other businesses, which is not a problem. And I'm going to pull the nuclear missile codes. I'm going to go attempt to take over these franchises. And all I need is three or four of them. I don't need 40. I don't need 400. I don't need 4,000. Three or four franchises, maybe in two or three markets. And now the rest is history. I have the power to choose. I don't have to be the class clown. I don't have to be your fucking heel. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to do none of those things. I don't have to put myself in a situation where I'm going to hate coming to work every day. I'm going to hate the business. I'm going to hate the products and the services. No amount of money could suffice that. So that was, again, more proof and more of an easy decision. You know, like right now, my business partner loves the fucking Raptor, right? But the T-Rex is the most powerful fucking truck. If I'm going to buy a big-ass, doofy-ass, fucking super overpowered um, truck, it's going to be a T-Rex. That's it. And there's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. You know, that is just a reality. I might buy it in orange like my neighbor did. Very, very nice. You know, it just goes to show you the reality of things. I don't need to debate with you if the F-150 is better, if the Lightning is better, or the Range Rover, or the Hummer, or this, that, and the third. That shit has an engine that pumps out 800 and something horsepower. I don't need to tell you nothing else. I don't even think the the, the Ferrari uh, Pura Sangre does that shit. It may look fancier. It looks like a fucking Portofino in the SUV. I mean, I'm sorry, a Ferrari Roma. Now, that I think is beautiful. That's probably the most beautiful car they, they've done in a long time. Matter of fact, today's article on Future Tech Plus, I'm going to put a... a a Ferrari Roma in the in the cover. But um it puts everything into perspective for me to share this with you guys. Remember, I told you guys I'm gonna take you with me on this journey. You want a mentor? Here I am. You want guidance? Here it is. I'm gonna show you the good, the bad, and the ugly about business. I negotiate deals every single fucking day. I'm not afraid to say no. I'm not afraid to call bullshit when I see it. I don't want any negativity in my life. I don't give a fuck how lucrative the business is. I don't give a fuck how many millions of dollars it makes. I don't want that energy in my life. I know better, so I got to do better. If I get the blessing and I fuck it up, God will take that shit away from me in the blink of an eye. And it may not make sense to you, but for me, that has had it all and lost it all and got it all back and lost it again, the proof is in the fucking pudding. Why? Because at the end of the day, it is what it is. 
So the way that I see it is uh it's 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 very simple to to explain. You know what I'm saying? Um life is about choices. And every decision you make comes with a package. And it alters the reality of whatever your destiny is or may be. So it's okay. Sometimes you got to hold on when there's a fucking storm and you're in a fucking life raft or you're in two pieces of wood in the ocean like Tom Hanks' character was in Castaway. You got to hold on. You know, Wilson may leave. Wilson may fucking float away, but that's all right. Because before you recognize it, before you realize it, here comes the rescue. It all makes sense in the end. It all added up to your greatest success. As much as the world has me under pressure, social political pressure, economic pressure, financial pressure, mental pressure, physical pressure, all this shit is in place, I have to go to my Zen mastery. And say, you know what? It's going to be all right. I've been through this before. I've seen this illusion. I know that it's going to pass. This too shall pass. How is it going to be tomorrow? I have no fucking idea. But guess what? I got all day tomorrow to worry about that shit. How is it going to be in the weekend? I have no fucking idea. How is it going to be next week? I don't know. It's a fucking adventure. Come along with me on the ride. What if uh, this gentleman, which shall remain anonymous, that's a shark tank, doesn't reach out? Oh, well, his loss. What if this other person in the industry doesn't reach out? His loss. And you know what's crazy? That the person that I'm speaking about is still one of my advisors. So... If your goal, if your aim, if your intention is to be an advisor, I'd much rather pay you to be a consultant and an advisor for me than give you 15% of my company that I've worked hard for fucking 40 years to create. So you got to treat people up to where their mentality is. You want me to pay you to be my advisor? What you want? 40, 50,000 a year? done because i know you have another fucking 200 clients so my little 30 40,000 may be some bullshit to you but it's worth hundreds of millions of dollars to me if i sign a deal for 300 million that's 45 million dollars you want fucking 40,000 a year you got it and i'm gonna throw in a chrysler 300c touring fully loaded i'm gonna buy you a laptop for your birthday I may even get you a fucking Rolex every time we close a new deal. In my heart, I'm trying to bring you $45 million or more. But in your heart, your mentality, your perspective, your point of view, you cannot see past $30,000, $40,000 a year. Well, God bless you because at least God knows that I've done the, the right thing and, and that my heart is in the right place. And if, if that's too much for you, if you cannot um, understand that, if you can't process that, then God bless you. That's it. I don't have to force it, and it's not my fault, and I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to look at this person three years from now and say, you know, you missed out on $135 million? Sucks for you, homie. 
let somebody come to me and tell me they have a franchise with 15 gas stations and all they need is my insight. I built a billion dollar company at 19, just so you guys know. The company's probably worth $6 billion today. Not that it was worth that when I sold it, but I'm just telling you, all the systems that I implemented led to five, six billion fucking dollars. Can't nobody tell me shit about business. Let somebody come to me and say, listen, I have this franchise. We have 15 gas stations. <laughs> when, I, when I sold my company, we had 35 gas stations. That grew to 300 plus. <laughs> Let somebody come to me right now and tell me I got 25 gas stations, 40 gases, 50 gas stations. You need to put up no capital investment, just implement your systems and grow this biz to five, 600 companies. And think that I'm going to think twice before making that phone call. Yo, are you serious? Okay, let's put this shit together. Let's figure this out. You fucking too good for $135 million? God bless you, my nigga. God bless you. And who the fuck am I to want you to live in a, in a fucking villa on Star Island? Who the fuck am I to want to see you in a Rolls Royce if all you can do is see yourself in a Chrysler 300? Who the fuck am I to want the best for your kids and your family when you don't want the best for yourself? Why the fuck do I got to feel bad if I buy a Remac or a Pagani or a Conansec or 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 Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghini, whatever the fuck it is? Because we're not talking about the money. We're not talking about the status. We're not talking about the cool points. We're not talking about the materialistic bullshit. We're not talking about the difference between a Jacob and Cole or Audemars Piquet or, 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 I mean, a Patek Philippe or a fucking Rolex. We're talking about success measured in happiness. Not just fucking money. The money is the easy part. I fucking hate people that only think about the financial aspect of it. There is more to life than that. Money is good. Money is great. I love it. I love making money. It's like sweet pastries. But I cannot eat pastries all day in my life. There are people that I care about. There are people that have dreams just like mine or bigger than mine. And I just want to be there to help. I want to give back more to this earth than I ever took away from it. That's what I feel that like is my fucking purpose. This catalog is going to feed 5,000 families. That means I only got a song for every family. Every song has to be valued at $2 $3 million. How the fuck am I going to take, a whole, take care of a whole family with $300,000 a song or $30,000 a song or $5,000 a song? It's impossible. Just like I gave you the example with performing live, my nigga, I got to jump on a plane. My flight is 3500 my hotel stay is fucking $1,800. My staff is $5,000. Security, $3,500 for the event. Wardrobe, $7,000. Transportation, at least $1,500. What the fuck do you think those tour buses run on? Water? You think I want to eat fucking Wendy's and Taco Bell and McDonald's and Burger King and Panera Bread and Starbucks and all this shit for years, for months and months and months? You don't think I want to do groceries and have a private chef and a nutritionist that can make sure that I'm eating the right thing? I'm on stage two, three, four hours at a concert. I'm signing autographs. I'm shooting videos. I'm doing interviews. 
I'm reaching out for endorsements and business partnerships and sponsorships. And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm writing jingles for corporations. I'm doing corporate events. I'm doing weddings. I'm doing fucking quinceañeras. I'm endorsing products. I'm looking for products. I'm selling products. I'm distributing products. I'm invested into a thousand other businesses. You think I have the luxury to fucking waste time? To waste money? You think I have it like that? I don't need a Lamborghini in my video. I own a Lamborghini in real life. In my music video, I need a Toyota Camry. I need to be able to relate to the people that listen to my music. I don't want to belittle my fans. I don't want to walk around like a fucking jewelry store. My career, my music is based on the value of my music, my talent, my God-given gift and ability that God gave to me. He gives it to me every fucking day. It's not built and based on materialistic bullshit that means nothing at the end of the day. That's extra money that I can use to hire an extra professional to help my company grow, scale, expand. That's another opportunity. That's another dream that I can build with somebody. That's another family that can go to a college and have a good, you know, institutional um, education that will pay dividends in, in an unmeasurable, unpriceable range. Invaluable, infamously fucking amazing. What fucking more than that do you want? You want to go to the beach and squeeze the sand? And know that it's at the palm of your hand and you squeeze it so hard that when you open your hand, there's nothing there. That's what the fuck you want. That's what you represent. That's what you're about. That's how you live your life. That's not how I live my life. I'm never going to tell somebody stick up a fucking bank or harm somebody to, to, to gain advantage and, and to whatever, you know, become something that you're not supposed to be. Fuck that shit. I'm going to tell you, go work your ass off. Surround yourself with good people. And in the end, work your ass off and it's all going to work out. In the end, it's all going to make sense. You may not win today. You may not win this week. You may not win this month. That's the worst that can happen. Fuck it. Get through the process. Get it over with. Because next month, we'll be back on top. The month after that, we'll be even higher. A year from now, we'll be fucking multi, multi, multi billionaires. And then what? good karma. You know why? Because you did it the right way. Because you didn't have to sell yourself short. Because you didn't have to compromise your morals and your values and your principles and your discipline and your experience and all the blessings that God has given me. You think I have the fucking luxury to do some bullshit? I don't have the luxury to do no fucking bullshit. I don't have the 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 luxury to to fuck up all the blessings that God has given me. What happen? What happens when 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 um when God takes it away? What happens then? What's good if you fucking gain the whole world and you lose your fucking soul in the exchange? You think I want to drive a fucking Ferrari F forty on a deserted island with no roads? You want to be the only fucking person on the island trying to drive a fucking three million dollar Ferrari and there's no fucking road? That's what you want. You don't want a lobster. You want every fucking lobster in the ocean, right? You want every horse in the stable? You don't want to go to the shark bar. Nah, you want to fucking eat a whale. Because a whale is better than a shark. You don't want one whale. You want 1,200 whales. 
you don't want to own a state. You want to own countries and islands and fucking, what, do, what the fuck do you want? You want to own gravity? I'll sell it to you. You want to own the ozone layer? I'll sell it to you too. I'll sell you the biggest fucking mirror in, in the world. That's what you want to do? I'll make it magnified so you can fucking see your ego and your pride bigger than what it already is projecting itself to be. You know why? Because none of that shit is real. None of that shit matters. How many Ferraris can you fit in a casket? <laughs> How many mansions can you take with you to the afterlife? How many gold teeth you think are not going to get stolen from your tomb? Tell me. And I'll sell you the world. I'll sell you the ozone layer. I'll sell you planets. I'll sell you the galaxy and the Milky Way. What the fuck else do you want? When is enough enough? I'm tired of feeling tired. I'm not choosing unhappiness. For financial gain. I'm not choosing people that have a fucked up heart and a fucked up spirit and an ugly soul to be close to my life. Whatever leaves my path, bye, Felicia. I don't give a fuck. People reveal themselves to me, I believe them. I don't question that shit. People going out of their way to have a fucked up heart and a fucked up belief and a fucked up value system and fucked up disciplines and fucked up this and fucked up that. God bless you. That's not me. I don't make my money like that. If I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not going to sell drugs. I'm not going to commit a crime. I'm not going to harm a fly. I'm not going to harm a fucking ant. I'm not going to pull a rose petal where I have no business pulling a rose petal. So what? It may take me 25 years to build my fortune. But in 25 years, I'll be laughing at your stupid ass. Nothing that you can gain as far as an advantage over me today will ever last. If you got it with ill intent and doing some negative Harmful, hurtful bullshit. Because it's all a fucking illusion of synthetic happiness and synthetic success. I don't want that shit. I'm here for the real deal of Vander Holyfield. If success cannot be me fulfilling all of my dreams, which includes fulfilling all of the dreams of the people around me, I am not interested. You could put a price on, on, on everything. But you can't put a value on anything. I know my value and I know my self-worth. And I will never settle or choose anything below that. And that is today's lesson. No more accepting anything below your value. Let us continue. We are going to continue with our Zen series. You know, 
let's uh open up our amazingly amazing um book here let's uh plug in our cargo door right and let's uh Go in our library and let's continue. Step four, clear goals, okay? Setting clear goals. When it comes to achieving our goals, it can be easy to get caught up in the fast-paced nature of daily life. We can find ourselves constantly trying to keep up with the demands of work, family, and social obligations. And in the process, we may lose sight of what truly matters to us. This is where Zen comes in. Zen is a philosophy that teaches us how to slow down, be present in the moment, and focus on what is truly important. In this way, Zen can help us to set clear and meaningful goals that align with our values and aspirations. Clear goals are essential for success. They are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Smart objectives that we set for ourselves. These goals help us to stay focused and motivated and to make steady progress towards our desired outcome. In the Zen tradition, setting clear goals is an important aspect of living a fulfilling life. Zen teaches us to be mindful and present in the moment, but it also encourages us to have a clear understanding of where we want to go and how to get there. To set clear goals in a Zen-inspired way, the first step is to understand why they are important to you. Before setting any goals, it's essential to understand why they are meaningful and how they align with your values and aspirations. This will help to keep you motivated and focused on what is truly important to you. The next step is to keep it simple. We often set unrealistic goals for ourselves. Have a vision board. These goals that are hard to achieve 
which can lead to disappointment and frustration. Instead, focus on setting simple and achievable goals that will help you to make steady progress towards your desired outcome. Being flexible is also crucial when setting clear goals. Sometimes things don't go as planned, and that's okay. Learn to be flexible and adapt your goals as needed. This will help you to stay resilient and to navigate the challenges that may arise along the way. Finding balance is also essential when setting goals. Setting goals is important, but it's also important to find balance in your life. Make sure to take time for yourself and to enjoy the journey. This will help you to stay motivated and to maintain perspective. Finally, it's important to let go of the outcome. The outcome of your goal is not always in your control. So focus on the process and enjoy the journey towards achieving your goal. This will help you to stay motivated and to appreciate the progress that you make along the way. Exercises Number 1. Mind Mapping Mind mapping is a simple yet effective exercise that can help you to set clear goals. Start by writing down your main goal in the center of a sheet of paper and then brainstorm all the different steps and sub-goals that you will need to achieve in order to reach that goal. This will help you to see the big picture and to break your goal down into manageable chunks. Number two, goal journaling. Goal journaling is another simple exercise that can help you to set clear goals. Start by writing down your main goal and then set aside some time each day to reflect on your progress and to make any necessary adjustments. This will help you to stay motivated and to make steady progress towards your goal. Number three, vision board. Creating a vision board is a great way to set clear goals in a visual and creative way. Gather pictures, quotes, or words that represent your goals or things that you want to manifest in your life. Place them in a board or a notebook and put it in place or in a place where you can see it daily. This will help you to stay motivated and to visualize your goals, which can make them feel more attainable. Take a deep breath and try all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, 
That is all the time that we have for today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. May you have an amazing day today. May you conquer everything in your path. And may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me, and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. I love you guys so much. I hope that this helps you on your journey, and we'll be right back. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and let everybody named Mama know that this artist named Venomar One is a serial entrepreneur, and he's agreed to mentor you and guide you throughout his development of this multi-billion dollar company. And he's had some cool fly shit too. <laughs> I love you guys. See you on the next one.